0: Robin and Celia have been very good long-standing friends of this church. Um, You never know quite what he's going to pull out of a bag or a basket. (laughs) 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 It's always good fun. Um, Robin always brings um, amazing, faith-filled stories about what God has done in his own life, but also what he's he's known God do in other people's lives. He's a bit of a pioneer of faith and of stepping out in faith. Um, And so he, he always encourages me. But should we pray for him before he speaks? Yeah. Lord, thank you for, <clears throat> Lord, thank you for this, this whole life of, of stepping out in faith and to see you do amazing things. Lord, thank you for the exploits that he's done. And thank you for, also for his love of your word and the way that he can bring your word and uh, experience of your Holy Spirit together in a way that inspires us. So we'll celebrate now your freedom and your blessing as he speaks to us. Amen. Yeah.
1: Where's this mic on? Do not
0: have to do anything. There you go. <coughs>
1: shakes. Well, it's great to be with you again today. I'm not actually going to preach a sermon. just want to share a bit of my journey with you. <coughs> A couple of weeks ago, uh, my old tractor, not a nice modern one like this, but a 1974 Leyland 270, got a leak in the fuel. I couldn't fix it, so I got an agricultural engineer to come, and uh, I called his name John. And I had met him a couple of times, but I'd never been able to share the Lord with him before. And uh, I said to the Lord, he's coming onto my land, and he'll be probably lying under my tractor, so I've got a captive audience. He won't get away. So Lord, if you want me to share about you, would you just give me that nudge? just open the door, and if you open the door, then uh, I'll be prepared to share. So he drove up, but instead of being his uh, normal vehicle, he bought his saloon car, and he didn't have all the uh, gear, and he said, oh, do you have some spanners? I said, yeah, i got some spanners. So I opened the back of the Land Rover and opened up my box, and he looked in, and he said, "Guy," he says, what were you before what you are? Honestly, I had a lot of old Spanish there. And uh, he always thought I was a mechanic. So he said, what were you before what you are? So the Lord said, there's your opening.
0: Yeah.
1: I said, what I was before what I am. I go around telling people how real God is. And I spent 13 years in the jungle doing that. Now immediately, of course, the lights go on, and his interest, oh, oh, he said. And uh, he's trying to fiddle with the tractor here, and he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, God, he says, just you wait till I meet God, he says. I've got this this long. I've got something against God. i am got to tell God a few things. And he was leaving this phenomenon here. And I thought, I've either drawn the short straw or I've got the jackpot. And I'm not sure which it was. Anyway, he went on in this um, rather excitable mode. So I said to the Lord, I said, I don't know what's going to come out of this. But after he calmed down and the fuse finished, I said, uh, what's your problem? You don't seem to be very happy about God. He says, no. He said, my dad, he said he worked and he lived without one day of illness for 65 years. Then he retired. And he had two years completely free from any sickness. And then suddenly, he had a heart attack and he died. He says, just, God, you wait till I get up, there. I'm going to tell you a thing or do. <laughs> so I said to him, John, what makes you think that it was God that gave your dad a heart attack? He says, oh. I said, God doesn't give people heart attacks. Hallelujah. He doesn't give him, give people cancer. Yeah. I said, God gives life, not death. Yeah. I said, where do you think death came from? Where do you think cancer comes from? Yeah. Yeah. I said, that's the devil. Yeah. And away I went. The job of taking this um, hand pump off the tank was probably less than half an hour. An hour and a half later, He was still standing there with the spanner in his hand and not one nut off. He was riveted. He was riveted. You see, he knew my tractor, but he didn't know my Jesus. And he needed to know him. We got over that one and he said, he said, I never realised that, who God was said, you've been blaming the wrong person. Mm -hmm. As one country preacher said, if you haven't had a head-on collision with the devil recently, maybe you're going in the same direction. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, he said, I've had two near-death experiences. At five years old, I got pneumonia, went to Whipton Hospital and was left dead off-duty nurse, found me blue and breathless and basically saved my life. He said, then I had a car crash in Europe a few years ago, left in a coma. He said, the strange thing was, I had two sort of in the visions. But he said, I just haven't dared tell anybody because they think they're stupid. And he said, I just don't know what they mean. So the Holy Spirit just gives me a prod. And I said, well, you know, God gives the interpretation to dreams and visions. He said, well, I've never told anybody, so I didn't feel that I should press him, I didn't ask him what they were. Twenty minutes later, he began to tell me what these were. So I said, God's told me the interpretation, would you like to know? He says, oh, yes. So I gave him the interpretations, and uh, he said... I never knew that God was like that. Then I gave him some stories uh, connected with his <coughs> visions of people going to heaven and coming back and that sort of thing. And he still hadn't taken any of the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> so, two hours later, he got this nut on. Oh. He says, I've got to go off and uh, go apart." I said, okay. So, off he went. In the meantime, his boss rang up and said, where are you? Sort of <laughs> And uh, when he's gone, I said to the Lord, Lord, when he gets back, he's going to be in a real hurry. He's got to get back on another job. He's been with me all morning. It was now two o'clock. But I really want to pray for him before he goes. But he'll be dashing back, put the thing on, and he'll be gone. So uh, I thought, I need to delay him just to break the ice. He left his spanner on the tractor. So I know... I hit the spanner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when he comes back. He can't do anything until we've had a little chat. <laughs> uh. oh, 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 oh. oh, boy. So when he came back. He had the bit, he was so pleased he found this little bowl. And he said, where's the spanner? <laughs> I said, John, I, know, I really um, would like to pray with you. So, um, he said, oh, okay. So said, oh, here's the spanner. <laughs> what a Christmas. So I prayed with him and made hands on him. It's such fun to be a Christian in a non-Christian environment. I mean, it's great to be able to talk to people who don't know God. He says, well, he says, I'm a Buddhist, and this, that, and the other. But by... After I prayed with him, he said, you know, I'm now 90% believing in God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I said, you know where I am? Come and see me. He said, whenever you want to sell your tractor, contact me first. <laughs> we did a deal. Okay. <clears throat> One of my grandsons, Barney, he's uh, Ben and Heather's son, brought up in... India and Nepal. He's uh, a Portsmouth Uni at the moment, and when he went there in September, he wanted to join the OTC, the Officers' Training Corps. So he went through all the hoops there and the interviews, and that. Then he came for the final interview, one to one, with the officer. And the officer was asking all these different questions, and suddenly he threw out a random question, he said, um, he said, I want to know. What, is, what do you reckon is your greatest achievement in life so far? Realising all these youngsters were sort of between 18 and 20, Barney was 19. So, normally the answer is, well, I was captain of the first <coughs> uh, <coughs> rugby team, or I've run three marathons, or carried a fridge up Mont Blanc, or whatever it was. So when he asked Barney, without any hesitation, Barney just looked him straight in the eye, <coughs> And he said, my greatest achievement is, I know who I am, and I know the purpose of my life. And the officer just, his mouth flew open, and he says, God, he says, I've never, ever heard that before. He says, you passed. (laughs) (laughs) I know who I am. Do you know who you are? Do you know the purpose of God for your life? Vaughan is now in the OTC, the only Christian, but he's salt and light in there at the moment. (laughs) In his first term he was asked to join the university hockey team and uh, so he agreed to that, went out, and of course they have these rather foolish initiation games or sets or rubbish when you're a fresher. So they're coming back from a game in the coach when it started, and all the freshers had to go through this rather degrading experience. And the girl who was officiating this, coming down the coach, and Barney, sort of in the middle, and uh, Barney was thinking, I don't like this. He says, I don't think I want to do this. So he quickly rang up his older brother, Joshua who had been through uni, and he said, do I have to do this? Is it legal? Or can I say no? And Joshua just replies back, you don't have to. So Barney sat there and then the girl said, right Barney, it's your turn to do all this stuff. So Barney just sat there he says, I'm not doing it. And the coach went, what? 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 And the coach says, why not? Are you religious? So Barney says, no, no. He says, I, I just follow Jesus and do what He does. So. Uh, The girl was sort of nonplussed, and then she said, well, if you're not religious, why aren't you prepared to do this? So Barney just fixed her in the eye and he said, because it's disgusting. And the girl was completely shamefaced and embarrassed. And Barney said to me, he said, I think I got right through that girl. Two lads sitting in the close neck, they were also rather nervous. They were freshers and they didn't want to do this either. And so as soon as Barney said, I'm not doing it, when well, he got to the next one, he says, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and the next one says, I'm not doing it. So there we are. He won through on that one. I reckon that's being sought in the world. My well, Bible verse this morning is Psalm 145, verse 7. I shall eagerly utter the memory of God's abundant goodness. I shall eagerly utter the memory of God's abundant goodness. And of course we follow straight on, don't we, with Psalm 23. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We call it the twins. Goodness and mercy are going to follow. They're like my shadow, wherever I go through. Goodness and mercy will follow me even in the testing times when I'm sick when I failed, when I'm grieving, when I don't know what the future holds. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will utter, eagerly utter, the memory of God's goodness. Doesn't matter what I go through, I can trace the goodness of God. throughout my life. Last May I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, fast-tracked as you are straight into the injections and radiation etc. And they give, with that, they give you some wonderful bump of all the things that you uh, need to know about these things and it's very very well produced. But it also gives uh, a list of all the possible side effects. I mean, you get them, but it just lists the f- side effects. But a few days after I'd had my first long, uh, long-acting injections, both Celia and, and Heather, Heather's family, were home with us at the time. They noticed a change in my behaviour. And uh, <coughs> Celia said to me one evening, she said, you know, you're not the man that I married. Now we've had, what, fifty-three years of an amazing marriage. <laughs> amazing marriage. Really good. <clears throat> so for my wife to suddenly say, you're not the man I married. You're grumpy. You're being sharp with your grandchildren. I can do nothing right you're complaining, you're not the man I married. Now, obviously, that would be a shock. But the strange thing is, I knew that it was a word of wisdom from God. See, if didn't asked me, he said, why are you like this? Why are you complaining and demanding and grumpy and all the rest of it? And that would have opened a rational debate well, and this, and that, and i no but it didn't. It was just you are not the man I married. That didn't touch my mind. I didn't start to rationalise like, well, this is not. It didn't touch my heart. I wasn't suddenly totally emotional. <gasps> my marriage has collapsed. It didn't get there. Where it went, it went into my spirit, yeah. Mm. Yeah. and that was because it came from God and not from Celia. So my reply, this was up in the bedroom, and as Celia just said that to me, all I said to her was, oh, that's a theological answer, oh. Remember that one, it's a good one. Oh. So I just turned around out the bedroom, went straight down to my field, in the shed there where I have a prayer closet, and I fell on my knees and I said to God, I'm not coming out of this room, this shed, until you have instructed me what I'm to do. Now hang on that for a moment, because I'm going to expand that. But I said to God, I'm not asking you to heal me. That didn't come into the equation at all. I also didn't ask God to give me a download of an amazing spiritual experience, to give me a high and lift me up and that. No, I, I wasn't interested in that. All I wanted from God, what I asked, I said, God, I have no clue what to do. I want you to give me the instruction. Yeah. I don't know what to I was nonplus." And Jeremiah 33:3, 3:3:3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer you, and I will show you things that you do not know. And I said, God, I do not know what to do. I haven't a clue. Now let me pop this in here quickly. It is not a good thing to go to God and say, "I'm not going to leave this room until you answer <laughs> me." That is dangerous. It is foolish. You are making a vow before God. That is very dangerous. You see, if you, if you think, oh, I'll go home and do that. Uh, God, I want to know if I'm going to pass my driving test or not. I'm not leaving here until you tell me. I want to know who I'm going to marry. I'm not leaving here until you tell me. Uh, very dangerous. Don't do it. But in the last 65 years, before this occasion, there's only three times have I actually gone to God and said, I'm not leaving here until I get the answer from you. The first time was when I responded to God's call to be a missionary. And I went home, and some of you heard my story here, so I won't prolong it, but I said to God that evening, while my bed I said, God, I have offered myself, I have surrendered myself to be a missionary if you're going to call me, but I need to know whether you have or not, and I need to know from the Word of God. instantly God answered me and gave me a scripture and the devil has never ever allowed any doubt he hasn't been able to put in any doubt about my life's calling as a missionary the second time was when Sid and I were absolutely 110% on God saying we need to know that we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and we are receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we had to know. It was absolutely crucial because we're on home leave from uh, our missionary work in the tribes, and we couldn't go back unless we knew that we'd been endued with power from on high to do what God wanted us to do. And so there was a time limit, and Celia went to her Bedside when I was out preaching, and she said, God, I want to receive, and I'm going to reach out now in faith. And she received the Baptist spirit. She began to speak in tongues immediately. I came home from preaching. I had a, I had a wife who was absolutely high as a kite in God. I mean, she was gone. And I was down here groveling because I hadn't received. And it took me another three weeks and then it came to the point when I said to God, God, this is the last time I'm going to ask you for this. I'm absolutely worn out. I'm having a nervous breakdown. I'm fed up with looking at the Scriptures. I know every scripture. but I'm not baptized in the Spirit yet. I haven't been endued with power. God, I'm asking just one more time. God sent me off to the Royal Albert Hall to a meeting where I went forward, was prayed for, and I... Received in a wonderful way. The third time was when we were in the tribe in the jungle, and it was just when the Viet Cong decided to invade Thailand. Came through on our range of mountains, so nobody knew anything about it. And our tribal Christians came to us one day with our our three young children and said, "We've now heard through the jungle that the Viet Cong are coming in. They're going to take you prisoner." and we need to get you out and your family now. Uh, we've got ponies settled up. We can get you out, but we have to leave now. Now, that's the first we heard of it, but at that time, revival was breaking out in our village. We were seeing some amazing experiences of God's power and people getting saved and demons coming out <coughs> and angels appearing and people being baptized. The spirit. It was just an amazing time of God. And so, Sia and I said to the tribal leaders, we said, look, we need just time to ask God whether He wants us to go or not. And they said, well, look, we'll give you the time that it takes for rice to boil. Then we've got to go. So, it's okay. So, Sia and I separated out. She stayed in the house with the kids. I went down in the jungle to pray. And we said to God, we need to know now what you want us to do. And it has to be now, because the tribesmen are all gathering up our kids and ready to take them out of the jungle. After sort of 20 minutes, Sina and I came back together, and we said, what did God say? And of course, God said exactly the same. He gave us Isaiah 52, verse 12. You shall not go out in haste. Nor will you go out as a fugitive. I will go before you, and I will be your rear guard. Period. So we turned to the tribal leaders, and we said, well, we have prayed, God has said this, we are not leaving. So they said, well, we cannot protect you, but we'll trust God with you. And it worked out exactly as this verse says. We didn't go out in haste. we did have to leave some time later, for other reasons. We didn't go out as fugitives, we went out of our own volition at that time, or family. And God always went before us, because the Cong set ambushes for us, in the jungle, and every time we escaped. They either misfired, or we pulled out, or they pulled out, or whatever. And we never got caught in the ambush. The rear guard was when they actually came up to take me when I was preaching in the Little log Church there up in the mountains. And they came up through the forest with their blazing firebrands. And they circled around the church and they stood right behind me while I was preaching. They were outside the little church. I was inside preaching. And I said to the Lord, I said, well, they've come to get me and uh, this is maybe the last chance I'll get to preach the gospel here so I changed my message, preached the gospel loud enough so they could hear the gospel they never came in they never took me because God said I will be in front of you I'm going to be behind you I need to know now God what you want me to do so I was on the floor in the shed. Speak, Lord, for your servant is pretty desperate. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be there probably all night. You know, you're you waiting for God to hear, uh, to, you know, to speak. And I thought, oh, how, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. The more you strive, the more you try to hear, the less you do hear. It's just a jumble, you cross wires, yeah. no Wi Fi, nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The way to hear God is through surrender, and not through striving. If you strive, you won't hear. If you surrender, you will. God, I'm here, I'm not leaving, but I just want to hear what you've got to say. God, I'm absolutely prepared to have any of the medical treatment that they advise, I'm ready for that, I appreciate that, but I'm not prepared to take the effect of side effects that caused <coughs> cause my wife, my family, and the Church to have to put up with a grumpy old grandpa. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Within maybe one minute or two minutes, the Lord spoke. When I say the Lord spoke, I'm not talking about voices or visions or anything like that, it was just the inner nudge in the spirit area, just that something just surfaced in my mind, clear as clear as clear can be. And what the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, write down all the side effects that you are concerned about. Just list them on paper. So I got out a sheet of paper and I began to write down I knew things were affecting me. Depression, contentious, irritable, complaining and grumpy, outbursts of anger, demanding, mood swings, want to give up. So I wrote those down, then I held them out for God to read and waited within a minute, the Spirit of God said, now, I want you to write the exact opposite of each of those side effects that you're concerned about. So, oh, really? Okay. Depression, joy, that'll do. Being contentious and irritable, Be gentle. Yeah. Complaining and grumpy. What would you say to that? What's the opposite of complaining and grumpy? I mean, I know none of you are complaining or grumpy, but what, if you're talking to me, what would you say I should be if I'm complaining and grumpy? Grateful. Grateful. Yes, grateful. Thankful. Outbursts of anger. What's the opposite? Oh. Keep Keep calm. Calm. Keep Self-control. Stay. Stay in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Self-control. <laughs> Demanding. <clears throat> have experience of being having somebody demanding and mm-hmm. have to tell them chill out to allow <laughs> mm. yes. patience yeah. steady on take it steady encouraging yeah sudden mood swings I said, well what, what, what goes on when you have these mood swings? You know, you've been injected in one thing or another, so you get these things. Said, well, this is what I wrote down. I said, the peace that passes the understanding. Because I couldn't understand what's happening, but it happened. So he just said, write down peace that passes the understanding. Just receive the peace of God. Want to give up. Yeah, hope, yeah. yeah, I suppose when you give up is long-suffering, isn't it? Mm. Suddenly the light went on. <laughs> it, it dawned on me, I had these two lists and I suddenly realised what God was saying. The opposite to the side effects was the fruit of the Spirit. Love, and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So I said, God, I think you're on it. I think you're on it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? Okay. it's. I've got a basket of fruit here. It's... But what do I do with it? And God said, I want you to read Galatians chapter 5, the whole chapter. So, oh. so I opened up the world and uh, I began to read. I thought... I was captivated. I thought, wow, this is, this is interesting. Verse 16, Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. You will not carry them out. Okay, I was wrestling with something within the flesh, shall we say. If there was someone who walk in the Spirit, the Bible says you will not carry out the things that are writing up within you. And then I went on to verse 19, and it says this the deeds of flesh are these side effects. That's my word side effects. Enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissension, factions, and complaining. I thought, wow. God knew all about side effects before there were any effects. And here, I suddenly saw there was this opposites here, the... If you walk by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desire of the flesh there. But the fruit of the Spirit is walking in the Spirit. So I got these nine. I thought, yeah, we got these nine. (laughs) And then suddenly I thought, there's a tenth. The scribe missed one out. There are ten fruits of the spirit, because the tenth one is silence. Silence. Mm -hmm. There are times when perhaps you're at a table and something is said to you or about you, and the best fruit is silence. Just leave it. Just don't, don't answer back, don't escalate it, just stop it. Yeah. When I saw that, I thought, yeah, there's a choice. Which way do I go? Allow the desire of the flesh to serve us? or do I pick the fruit and change it? There's a choice to be made, and then there's an action. I've got to do something about it. So I said to God, I'm with you so far, but I still don't know the answer of how to handle it. You've instructed me wonderfully, and it's clear now, I know what's happening, but I don't know what the answer is. And then I said, what do I do? And immediately the Holy Spirit says, let's do a deal. If I nudge you, Before you open your mouth, will you promise that you will make the transition from what you want to say to one of the fruits of the Spirit, which is opposite to what you are feeling at the time? Could I deliberately choose the fruit of the Spirit that fits the occasion? <coughs> this is what I did I visualised the nine fruits of the spirit ten <coughs> and I said to the Lord I will go with you on this I will Set myself that whenever I get an urge to speak out or act in some way that's not according to what I should be, then I will endeavour to immediately find the opposite fruit. And in my mind, I will deliberately pick that fruit and answer according to one of those fruit of the spirit. So the Lord then said, I don't want you to tell your wife or your family what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I came out the shed, absolutely high as a kite, I was thrilled, I knew I was onto something. Suddenly I said, there is victory here, there is a path which, okay, one's struggling with things within the body, but if I can respond to the urge just before I let <coughs> something out, it's going to be a game that you and I are <coughs> going to play together. Holy Spirit. And I went back in the house, and you know, within two minutes, there is an opportunity. <laughs> you know, suddenly you sort of think, oh, I, I could retaliate. No. What fruit was that? I had such amazing fun the next couple of weeks. You know, perhaps we're out shopping and sit in the car and see you might be, see somebody on the the uh, pavement there, inside you know, of inside the chat, and I'll be sitting there and think, now, am I getting impatient? Oh, there's a nudge! Patient? Patience? Okay, which fruit shall I pick for that? Yeah, not a lemon, that's too sour. No, I'll have a grape one. that one, I'll have a grape. So I deliberately, in my mind, just pick a fruit and say, God, I'm receiving patience, the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm just going to sit there, I'm going to pray, i going pray for my wife, For the person she's talking to. And then, you know, within two or three minutes, she comes back and she says, sorry to keep you waiting, but this lady was offloading a heartache, and I just felt I needed to talk with her. Great, what a result. And so it went on and on like that. And (coughs) I didn't want the grandchildren to come down because we had quite a number in the house at that point. I didn't want them to come down to breakfast and say it's ok, grandpa might be a bit grumpy but it's alright, he's on the pill. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want them to say that. So I'd sit at the table and they, so they, might, they might come down late or they might knock over the glass of water or something <laughs> and immediately, no you wouldn't know that sort of thing around here but mine would do, you know, and, and uh, immediately saying Ah, oh, can't you be more careful sort of thing? Nah, no, just self-control. Have a word of kindness. That's okay, I'll mop it up. It went on, sometimes I counted up, maybe seven times a day, getting a nudge. I got poked so many times by the Holy Spirit some days, it felt really quite tender. <laughs> but it was thrilling each time to say, no, for this, which one am I going to choose for this one? At the checkout. Why is it you always want to join the shortest queue? You, you don't. Okay. You go with the long one. But you go with the shortest queue, and then suddenly you realize you've missed it because the person there is an elderly person. They've dropped their card. They can't remember the number. Then the sugar bag bursts, and you're going to be there for a long time. And immediately, sort of, ah. Oh, under pressure, I'm going to get there. No, no. You get prod. Okay. What about having a word of encouragement of the cashier who's just having to wait for this elderly person to get sorted out? You can talk about the law. What a thrill! What a thrill to be practicing to walk in the spirit. Finally, after a fortnight, I shared it with Celia. She was so excited by it. She said, yes, yeah, Jesus, I'm in on this. So together, we do this now as part of that Next lot, told the grandchildren. <laughs> that helps. Told the whole family. Yeah, we have an exciting time of being able to take the word of God, literally, practically, and say, yep, getting a nudge. Right, choose the fruit of spirit. Dallas Willard said, the most important thing in life is not what you do, but it's who you become. Because that's what you take into eternity. Not what you do, but who you become. I said, God, it's been a, a testing year. But boy, I wouldn't choose to go through it, but I wouldn't change it. God has taught me so much. <clears throat> I, um, this is only half the story because that 's just what i 'm telling you this morning. The other half was all the times when God moved miraculously and in signs and wonders during my time uh, going through radiation and meeting up with the nurses and one thing or another. And had some incredible encounters with God on the miraculous side. This is the Word today, and there is the other side. But um, I I just got. Have I got time just to tell you one story? (coughs) Okay. When I had an op, um, things didn't go quite right. And uh, for some time afterwards, I had a certain amount of discomfort. And I had no idea what it was. I didn't want them to start investigating straight because I wanted to get on with the cancer treatment. And This was a bit different. So I was uh, concerned because um, it meant I couldn't slide down the banisters anymore. And, um, <laughs> I, 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 it was too painful to ride a bike. But I just left them. I thought, oh, well, perhaps it's just scar tissue or, or something. Maybe they left something in. Um, no idea. Anyway, it went on. And then I was waiting at foot for a scan. And I was in an alcove by the main corridor. And I was sitting there and I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I really want to get this thing dealt with and maybe when I have a scan I'll tell the radiologist just to check me out there because it will reach all the areas, see if there's something wrong. And um, <coughs> then the Lord told me that um, in my study, I had found that where it says in 1 John 3 verse 8, the reason Jesus came was to destroy the work of the devil. And the word there, destroy, actually means to melt or to dissolve, to abolish, to get rid of. And uh, when I was sitting there just waiting for my scan to come up, the Holy Spirit said to me, Stand up. So so I I stood up. He said, now point your finger, speak out loud and curse the devil's work of trying to destroy your body. I thought, crumbs, if a nurse or doctor's gonna fly around the corner, they're gonna get it, aren't they? I'll never get out of this place, they'll put me away. Anyway, I I got up there, I said, I curse you, devil, in Jesus' name. You cannot destroy my body. (laughs) Went went off the deep end like that. And um, and that was it. The nurse came out, or radiologist came out, and she called me for my scan. So I just took three posters up the corridor. Boom! Whatever it was in me just dissolved. It just melted. It just disappeared. I knew it had. It's absolutely no pain, no discomfort whatsoever. And I was so excited because. Uh, Mark 5, there's that story, the woman with the issue of light. she said, I felt in my body that I'd been healed, and I knew what I felt, I said, yes, you've healed me, boom, it's gone, I just, I just was so full of joy and happiness, she called me in. And I must have been like a babbling idiot because I said to this stranger, "I said, look, look. I said, when you scan me, can you can you check 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 ch- check me out?" <laughs> she said, I, "I want to slide down the banister. I want to ride a bike." <laughs> and she looked at me. She said, "Take your trousers off." I said, "Okay." I said, "Okay, i now, She had no idea. Of course, there was nothing on the scan, was there? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was healed and have been, I uh, uh, haven't actually slid down the banners, I have idea, I have ridden the bike. So. <laughs> Hearing God comes from surrender and not from striving. God's Word is always absolutely true. You can base your life on it, He will never let you down, never let you down. We need to get into agreement with God's Word. When He says, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. He means what He says and He says what He means and it is true. I just have to learn to walk by the Spirit of God and hear God. (coughs) Ephesians 3.20, now unto God who is able to do, do what? Do exceeding abundantly more than you dare ask or think, according to the power that's working within you. And when I read that, I thought, isn't this amazing? That God is waiting to answer prayer, the prayers that I dare not utter. And if I do utter (coughs) beyond what I'm thinking or dreaming of, he's able to do that. But the condition is it's according to the power that is within me and what is that power who is it it's the holy spirit romans 8 11. the spirit the holy spirit who dwells who lives in you is the same spirit who raised jesus from the dead and if he was had the power to raise jesus from the dead that power in the person is actually inside you what can't he do yes. nothing is impossible Nothing is impossible. If the Word of God has stirred you this morning. If you need to make a choice to agree with the Word and you're prepared to surrender, what it is that God is surfacing in your heart and lives this morning. That choice means you've got to take action. You can't just make a choice, oh yes, I'll do that. You've got to do something. You have to make an action on the word of God. You agree that what God has said? Yes, he has spoken to me. Yes, he has highlighted something. Yeah, I do want to get hold of that. Okay, what am I going to do about it then? Can I talk to God and say, yeah, God, I mean to turn that around in my life. Now, if that includes you, and God has spoken to you this morning, and you have that resolve in your heart, I'm going to agree with the word of God that I've heard. Would you just stand right now, right where you are, and stand where you are. God has been speaking to you, and you say, yes, God, I want, you, I want to make the right choice, and then I want to take the right action to move forward on the Word of God. It doesn't have to be anything What well, I've talked about this morning. This walking in the Spirit has nothing to do with a health issue. God just highlighted my issue to bring that to the surface for me. But this is nothing to do with having a health issue. This is between you and God and your practical Christian living. <coughs> those of you who are standing are making an open response to God, say, yes God I'm serious about hearing your voice and I'm serious about taking action on what you've been saying whilst you're just standing and letting the Lord speak to you I want to ask here if you have come this morning and you are like the tractor mechanic who doesn't know God, and yet his heart began to be open. He said, yeah, I do want to know God. And you've heard enough amongst your friends and in this church already to know that God is alive, God is real, and God is calling you to put your whole trust in him. If that is you, would you just raise your hand, whether you're sitting or standing, just put your hand up, if you want to know God and to come to Him this morning. Remember, Jesus, He died for you. He paid the ultimate price so that you could be free from the penalty of your sin and He could give you a brand new start for the rest of your life once you have surrendered and opened your life to Him. Now, if that includes you, whilst we're just waiting in God's presence, would you just put your hand up right where you are? Because I'd like to pray with you. Anybody here who needs to know God? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Anybody else? Okay. Let's <clears throat> wait for just a moment. This is a holy moment in the presence of God. And when God is speaking to us and we just feel that stirring within, that's the time when we need to respond to God. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. This is the time for you to draw near to the Father, to the Son, Jesus, and to the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Father I have been eager to utter the memory of your abundant goodness this morning and I'm bubbling over with the joy of knowing you as my Father,
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
1: of knowing Jesus you have paid the complete and total price for all my sin. Before I first came to you and was washed clean and since then My failure, my weaknesses, you cleanse, and you give me a brand new start, day after day. Thank you, Father, thank you, Jesus, that I stand here, not only healed in my body, but washed clean in my life and heart. Jesus, this is what I long for, for everyone in this building this morning. Fill this place with your presence right now. Lord, as we open up our hearts to what you've been speaking to us about, pour in the peace that passes understanding. Pour in that faith and certainty that God hears and understands. Pour in that sense of purpose that I know who I am in God I know the purpose that you have for my life and you've given me the power through the Holy Spirit to complete that work. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly more than we ask or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit who works within me. What a privilege. Jesus, we surrender ourselves now to your word. I make a choice. I want to follow your word. And Jesus, I'm going to have an exciting week of working out my response to what you've been saying. And I'll come back here next week just full of that sense of joy. <clears throat> and fulfilment, that you're alive and your word is true, and I have responded to it. In Jesus' name, Amen.